Welcome to the Millionaire Mindcast, where we broadcast weekly interviews with millionaire minds from across the globe to empower you on your journey of unlocking a rich and fulfilling life. It's time to unleash your millionaire within. Now, here's your host, Maddie A. What's going on? Welcome into today's show. As always, I'm your host, Maddie A. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We talk all things money, wealth building, fulfillment, and freedom on this show. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I always like to do on these Friday Food for Thoughts, you know, is to share something, whether it's a motivational message or it's something that I believe is interesting, maybe inspiring or encouraging for many of you who are out there, you know, pushing. You're listening to this podcast because you want to learn, you want to grow, you're challenging, you know, and expanding your mindset, your skill set, your physical capabilities. And, you know, one of the things that I believe is the greatest wealth building vehicle on the planet. No, I'm not going to say real estate, even though, of course, that's always my number one is, you know, of the top three, right? It's stocks and bonds, it's real estate, and it's businesses in no particular order. And I happen to have an investment portfolio diversified holistically in all of those vehicles. I think you should also layer in life insurance. And if you guys haven't taken advantage of, you know, connecting with Ryan, my co-host on Wealth Building Wednesdays um, and his amazing team, whether you have an investment portfolio, you want to know about the infinite banking concept and life insurance, you can always text the word X-ray to 844-447-1555. But you know, my two core tree trunks that kind of overlap of where I chop wood at every day is real estate and business. Many of you guys know that, you know, I own commercial real estate assets. I have a single family portfolio. Uh, I bought, you know, and operate an operating business of, you know, buying hotels and operating those hotels. And so there's a lot of synergy and overlap. And just by being in hard assets and having, an operating business that plays in that world, it's been something that has served me really well. Now, I will say this, right? Anybody that wants a big life, anybody that wants a big bank account, anybody that wants to ultimately make a big impact, you got to be willing. You have to be um, aware that this is going to be a grind. You know, building a business and operating real estate assets you know, riding the ups and downs of a, of a stock market and taking risks, you know, it, it requires you to build this Teflon, you know, mentality and, and, and skill to be able to navigate the choppy waters that so many people mentally cannot manage and handle, let alone physically have the endurance to withstand and push through. But for many of you who are listening to this show right now, you're listening because you're called to something higher and something bigger than you have right now where you find yourself right now. And that's what we love to talk about on this journey. You know, you're not alone. You don't need to be alone. You just need to find your community. You need to find the right spaces and the right people to surround yourself with, the right conversations to grow into, the right environments to expand in, and when you strategically do that and you find your peeps, you find your tribe, you find the people that resonate with you, you find the individuals that you want to be more like, 
you want to learn and grow and, you know, ultimately, right, extract the value and the wisdom from their experiences, from their community, from their network. Those are the moments that you're going to start to see yourself connect some dots. And so what I like to do and talk about on, you know, the Friday shows is whether it's a motivational message or it's something that might get you thinking a little bit differently, it might get the neurons in your brain firing a little bit faster. My goal is always, just like you guys, I'm a student of life. I'm always looking for my next teacher. I'm always looking for the next opportunity to, you know, elevate my skill set or my mindset or my network. And that's a never-ending journey. And so I, I try and bring back what I'm doing in my world and my businesses to you guys as well. And, you know, I came across this article um, the other day, and I wanted to share it with you guys because I know many of you are, you know, thinking about making, especially with it being, you know, beginning of 2022, some big changes, taking some big actions. And when, you know, a lot of people who message or call into the show ask me, you know, what is your one thing? that you know you would go back and tell yourself before starting your businesses or kind of betting on yourself and 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 you know embarking on your own entrepreneurial journey cuz just like you right like i knew way before i achieved any success that i was different i didn't want to be you know the 9 to 5 I didn't want to be in a cubicle. I didn't want to be on the, in the rat race. Like I was called for something bigger, right? And I just didn't know how I was going to get there or what it was going to look like and, you know, what that journey was going to consist of. But when people ask me, you know, what's one thing that you would tell yourself in the beginning that I didn't necessarily, I couldn't put a word to it or, or a, you know, a concept or a sentence to it that I now can, and that is, to be dumb enough to believe in yourself and smart enough to take action and execute every day. You don't need to be the, uh, well, I'm a for sure testament of that. You don't need to be the fastest, smartest, or strongest. But I do have this unwavering belief and confidence in myself that, you know, even if I don't know it all, I can find a way to fill in the gaps, whether that's by surrounding myself with people that are way smarter than me, which really right? How you grow and expand and accelerate getting to where you want to go is by doing that. Mentors, hiring the right people, investing in other relationships or masterminds and groups, right? GoBundance was one of the best investments I ever made that got me on the path to where I find myself today. And I'm still right on this journey, expanding, learning, and growing. And if you're one of those individuals whether you are a $10 million net worth or a $100 million net worth or a negative you know, $10,000 net worth, you know, the best thing I could tell you, no matter what your goals are, whatever ceiling you feel like is hanging over your head right now that you're trying to break through and make your new floor, it's be dumb enough to believe that you can do that and smart enough to consistently take action on figuring out whatever it is that you have to do to make that happen. And so it reminded me as I was kind of going through and reading this article today, you know, why now is the best time ever to start a business and how it can make you rich. 
Are you an accredited investor looking for more passive income investment opportunities? If so, text the word DEALS to 844-447-1555. This will get you on my accredited investor list. And anytime we have a new exclusive syndication opportunity that you can invest in, you will be the first to know. That's DEALS to 844-447-1555. And... You know, every year since 1982, Forbes magazine has published a list of the richest Americans. And if we compare the 100 richest people in 1982 to the 100 richest people in 2020, I noticed that there were some pretty big differences. Now, back then, right, in 1982, the common source of wealth was inheritance. And, you know, of the 100 richest people, 60 So let's just say 60% of them inherited their wealth from a family member. Now, in 2020, the number of heirs that inherited all of their wealth uh, of the top 100 richest people, that had been cut in half, accounting for only 27. So 27% of the top 100 biggest fortunes were through inheritance. Now, why would the percentage of heirs decrease? Not because inheritance taxes increased, right? In fact, they have decreased significantly during this period of time. And many people have gotten much smarter through a lot of different, you know, estate uh, planning and tax planning, you know, uh, strategies to minimize the amount of tax that gets taken out from one generation of wealth passing to the other. And the reason the percentage of heirs has decreased is not that fewer people are inheriting great fortunes, but guess what? It's the alternative, that more people are making them. So how are people making these fortunes? Well, roughly three-fourths, 75% was by starting companies. And the other quarter, by investing. So investing in stocks or real estate, right? Or investing and starting in their own business, investing in themselves. Of the 73 new fortunes in 2020, 56 derived from founders or early employees equity. There was 52 founders, two early employees, and two wives of the founders. I'm sure you can uh, guess who those ladies were. And 17 from managing investment funds. In 1982, there were two dominant sources of new wealth, oil and real estate. This is 1982, right? Of the 40 new fortunes in 1982, at least 24 were due primarily to oil or real estate. Now, only a small number are of the 73 new fortunes in 2020, four were due to real estate and only two to oil. Think about that, guys. Real estate and oil were pretty dominant back then, right? The asset classes and, you know, the fringe investments that were out there and really the business landscape was non-existent. It was very narrow in scope. By 2020, the biggest source of new wealth was what are sometimes called, right, good old tech companies. And of the 73 new fortunes, about 30 derived from such companies. These are particularly common among the richest of the rich. Eight of the top 10 fortunes in 2020 were new fortunes of 
the tech space. So the rise of tech companies represents a qualitative change. The oil and real estate magnates of the 1982, right, Forbes 400, they didn't win by making better technology. It just wasn't around then. They won by being really driven and good at making deals. So we should expect both the number of wealth of founders to grow because every decade it gets easier and easier as the technology landscape has improved, right? To create a startup, the barrier of entry of going into business now more than ever is as easy as it's been. I mean, you could literally, if you got an iPhone, there are, you know, 14 year olds. I think one of the articles that I read this last week, it was uh, an, a little Indian boy and his sister, they were like nine and 13 and they had set up themselves, like not their mom and dad. They literally had set up rigs for cryptocurrency mining and were purchasing and selling NFTs nine and 13. And they'd both made over like $800,000, right? And it was like off of like a, I think it was a $1,500 investment. He started with NFTs and started making some money. Then he started getting into crypto and like the barrier of entry for creating a business for literally, literally printing money, inventing money out of thin air is the easiest that it's ever been. The easiest that it has ever been. And so when we go back and look at, you know, in 1892, the New York Herald Tribune compiled a list of all the millionaires in America, and they found that 4,000, I think 47 of them, there was around, you know, 4,047 in the entire United States. And, you know, how many had inherited their wealth then? Well, it was only about 20%. So that was less than the proportion of heirs today. But part of the reason that it's getting easier to start a startup is social media, right? Society is reassimilating this concept of what social means. And if you start one now, right, your parents won't freak out the way they would have a generation ago. And, you know, knowledge about how to do it is so much more widespread. It is so much more accessible. But the main reason it's easier to start a startup now is that it is the cheapest that it has ever been. Technology has driven down the cost of both building products, right, acquiring customers, gaining attention, the list goes on and on. So the decreasing cost of starting a startup increases the number of rich people in two ways. It means that more people are going to take this shot, right? They're going to shoot their shot. They're going to be dumb enough to bet on themselves and smart enough to just go for it. And that those who do can raise money on better terms. The amount of equity, the amount of capital that is flying around nowadays for great ideas, great concepts and shit. I mean, even for horrible ideas and horrible concepts is more plentiful than it has ever been. So technology hasn't just made it cheaper to build and distribute things, but it's also made things faster. The velocity at which creating opportunity, creating a service, creating a product, creating a concept, it has made things exponentially faster. Now, exponentially faster to succeed, but also exponentially faster to fail. And guess what? There's nothing wrong with that. I'd much rather 
fail as fast as I possibly can from one failure to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, to then, which has happened to me, failing, 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 to going boom, and then something hits for you. All of those failures too, as you continue to bet on yourself, all they do is weaponize you. All they do through that experience, through those hardships, is harden up your mindset. Make your skills that much sharper. Put more tools on your tool belt. So this trend has been, you know, running for a long time. IBM founder, founded in 1896, took 45 years to reach a billion, you know, $2020 in revenue. Hewlett Packard, founded in 1939, took 25 years. Microsoft, founded in 1975, took 13 years. Now the norm for fast-growing companies is about on average 7 to 8 years. Fast growth has doubled Well, let me take that back. Fast growth has a double effect on the value of founder stock. The value of a company is a function of its revenue and its growth rate. Not necessarily as you guys have seen probably in many circumstances, the profitability of a company. So if a company grows faster, you not only get to a billion dollars in revenue sooner, but the company is more valuable when it reaches that point than it would if it were just growing slowly. And that's why founders sometimes are getting so rich so young now. The low initial cost of starting a startup means founders can literally start at eight or nine or 13 years old, right? And the fast growth of companies today means that if they succeed, they could be surprisingly rich just a few years later. So if you're someone right now, and whether you want it to be, you know, technology or you want it to be a restaurant concept or you want to invest in NFTs or the metaverse, I don't really care. The context of what I'm sharing based on this article is that there's never been a better time to be dumb enough to bet on yourself and smart enough to just take action and get in the trenches and start building something that you're excited and you're passionate about. If you guys enjoyed this episode today, feel free to share it with a friend, a family member. Shoot me a text at 844-447-1555 and say what up. I'm on Instagram at official Let's connect there. And until next week's episode, cheers. Cheers.